0: Welcome to The Seed chain Show, where leaders are changing business culture for good. I'm your host, Maura Barclay. If you are a new listener, thank you so much for finding us and you did not find us by accident. Please take a moment to hit that plus sign, hit subscribe. Seriously, I am always amazed at the caliber of people who say yes to this show. I mean, it's incredible. You're not going to want to miss a single episode. And if you are a frequent flyer, thank you so much for coming back week after week and sharing us with your friends. It is because of you that this podcast has now been ranked in the top 5% of business podcasts worldwide, and I thank you for that. Welcome to the Sea chain Show. This is a highlight episode of the Jeff Hoffman interview, and if you did not catch that, It launched on November 2nd. Go back and watch it, or rather listen to it right now. Jeff Hoffman is one of the most incredible, pioneering, philanthropic, grown-ass men that I've ever met. And the reason I say it like that is his emotional maturity, his emotional intelligence, his sense of what right looks like is so strong. He cannot be swayed by the traditional white male culture in this country. He just decided he didn't like what that looked like, and he made a different choice. And when I asked him how he managed to extricate himself from the, frankly, the indoctrination that this country imposes on its young men and young women, He said his mom, a single mother who raised four kids and had three jobs, and she showed him so many things. She taught him so many things and instilled in him a sense of self-respect and how to do what it takes and do it in a humble way. And this leads me to one of the things I wanted to unpack and highlight, which is a sense of personal culture. Now, when I work in culture and businesses, I don't really work with the concept of culture fit. I work with the concept of core value alignment, which is different than, core value, than culture fit. For example, he has a core value of servant leadership, a personal culture of servant leadership. He is capable of... And regularly practices treating everyone the same, giving every single person the same level of deference and respect that they deserve as a human being. And that is a very rare quality indeed. People who insist on being elevated in their status suffer from a deep insecurity and the only way for them to feel like they are as worthwhile as they want to be is to live in this imposed illusion of strata and status. And of course, our capitalistic culture supports that. Many, well, around the world, uh, these uh, socioeconomic strata exist, and um, People who want the the simple, I would say, that's that's a very tricky word here, but the way into that strata is to be successful in business, to make a lot of money, uh, be influential, be seen as powerful, all these things. And Jeff understands that if you listen to him, that's not what he's after. He wants to be successful. He wants to make the money, but he wants to do it the correct way, the way that supports and nurtures people. That is his personal culture. And it is demonstrated very clearly in one of the most important core values he brings to his businesses, which is people over profit. And if you think about all of the actionable statements that would come from people over profit, it's a very clear core value. So if I was doing an interview, for example, and interviewing for cultural alignment. I would want to make sure that these folks shared the core value of becoming successful, creating financial success through putting people and relationships over profit versus ruthless aggression, never taking no for an answer, pushing people, squeezing them for every last dime and not caring or nurturing relationships. That is also a culture that is very clear and abundant, especially in this culture. Sorry, yeah, especially in this country. So one of the things that I thought was extraordinary and I wanted to point out, if you did not see the relationship, there is an association between who Jeff is as a person which was shaped by his incredibly hardworking mother. And he chose to be inspired by the nobility of her effort to respect it. He was inspired by that and it shaped how he views the world and walks through it. His personal culture is relationships and people over profit always. That's how he conducts himself. That is his North Star. So every company he starts is going to be filled with really incredible talent that doesn't want to leave because he knows how to treat them well. And this is not something that I mentioned in the interview because there were so many things I wanted to say. We, there's just not enough time. I, I feel like I would like to have an entire week. He talked about how he he's created, he's sold his companies for millions and millions of dollars. And that with the exception of underperformers being let go not a single voluntary exit now i've never heard that before and to me that is far more impressive than any dollar amount ever made ever because there will always be people who can make money making money is is a talent it's an affinity it's a skill. It's competency. It's all those things. There's lots of people who know how to make money. Caring for people while you do it, that's unusual. Really caring and understanding that good leaders make good leaders, that their job is to make help their people be better leaders than they themselves are to raise them, their people up. The inverted pyramid is the new business model. And Jeff is on the top of that inverted pyramid, which means he's on the bottom of it. It's like leading from behind. And it's an entire, it's an entire paradigm shift because everybody thinks, oh, that you know, the leader should be the tip of the spear. In some cases, I promise you, if anything ever happened in a company, Jeff Hoffman would be the first person to step up and say, it's my fault. I own this. It's my responsibility. I am ultimately accountable for any failing of anything that's happened. That's servant leadership. So when you lead from behind, it doesn't mean that you're not making decisions, that you're not ultimately accountable for everything that happens in your organization at all levels to a large degree. It means that you're empowering your people to become the leaders that they're capable of. Real leaders, this is a quote from him, real leaders create other leaders and then you take care of them so they don't want to leave. I've never heard any senior leader, CEO. I've never heard anybody say that. I mean, I've heard Simon Sinek say it maybe, but Jeff is doing it. (laughs) Jeff has had multiple companies and he's actually doing it. This CEO is going to SHRM conferences to find and to invest in his rock stars. And that is something that most leaders Not only are they not doing, they don't even know to do it. They don't know to invest. And background checks and due diligence, folks, that's not what I'm talking about at all. It's coming out of your sequestered executive bubble to go out in the world with the people (laughs) and see what's going on and letting yourself be influenced by what's going on and just being with people in that way. It's extraordinary, really. And, you know, of course, Jeff is like, well, no, it's just a Tuesday. I think that's really worth mentioning. <laughs> now, the good news is we both agreed that there's a, a number of people, there's a number of uh, middle aged white men that will simply never agree. To any of this they understand that they are living in their obsolescence and so their strategy is to just ride it out so be it there is a different generation of men of that age they're they're sort of a they're the same generation but a different generation of thinkers and when i say that i mean it's like senior leadership middle-aged senior leadership 2.0. These are the men who understand sponsorship. They understand how to be an active ally. They know when to show up at a DEIB initiative or conference or meeting in order to put it across the finish line to actually make a change. And they know when to, let, when to step back and let those folks have their affinity meetings so that they don't feel like they can't express themselves because there's a white guy in the room. They just, and the reason that they know is because they know to ask and they know to ask if it's okay to ask. And they have the humility to know that they have to ask to ask. That is something that white men have not been trained to think about. They have not been taught is important. So when you have men like Jeff, and I suspect they're way more than we know about because these aren't people making splashy headlines They're working quietly, being incredibly successful. So I wanted to unpack this notion of personal culture because it is the culture that you are bringing to everything that you do. So again, if I'm interviewing someone, I'm looking for cultural uh, core value alignment, and then I'm looking for culture add. What are you bringing? What's your personal culture? I want to know what you're bringing to this organization that's going to create maybe that perfect amount of creative abrasion that's going to make us all better right so there's we got to have catfish we got to have one at least one catfish with the other fish or they get they get mucky I'm going to explain that in case you don't know about it I I don't remember which fish it is uh, I want to say it's like fish that are 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 uh, brought in from Alaska. It's a long trip in the boat, and they were finding that the fish were getting very uh, mushy because they weren't swimming around on the long trip back. They were so the the flesh was was mushy. So they introduced catfish into the storage uh, the storage tank where they were holding the catch. And the catfish would swim around and irritate and (laughs) and aggravate a little bit the fish that were in the container. And wouldn't you know it, they came back with this very firm flesh. And it says a lot about the need of how important it is to have people who are abrasive in the right way creative abrasion it, it's a term that i i have learned from uh, pixar creative team creative abrasion now in order to withstand creative abrasion one must have the emotional maturity and the emotional intelligence skill set to work with that and that is how you get diversity done right. That is how you bring people of color and other genderedness or no genderedness, people who are different than you, to influential decision-making groups. They stay because they feel valued. They see that they can make an impact and they feel valued for it. It's not an irritation that they're different. That's the point. It's why they're there. I'm not saying that people of color are catfish. I want to be super clear about, it. let's not make that association. What I'm saying is different is essential. In nature, homogeny doesn't work very well. There needs to be constant mutation and adaptation. Homogenized leadership is in its obsolescence because it's not consistent with nature and how things thrive, which is adaptation. There must be internal challenge. It's got to be productive challenge, but whether or not it's productive is how things are managed. And that starts with yourself. I wanted to talk about that. I thought it was so amazing what he said. And when we talk about be a DEI and finding passive, passive candidates, especially like in fields like I'm in, like renewables at, at this time, holy cannoli, there's not a lot of people of color in this field at the levels of leadership we're looking for. And as a director of people of culture, I'm, I'm very frustrated trying to find those people, even with transferable skills, because it's like rail. That was a closely guarded and protected industry that the nepotism you could cut with a knife, it's so thick. You're just not going to find a lot of gay women, black folks in rail. You just won't. And renewable energy, energy is right there. Energy is right there. Renewable energy is the modern version of it. So it's starting It's slowly starting to shift. Understanding your personal culture is a really good place to start and making sure that you are walking that talk everywhere you go with every person you meet. And I wanted to honor Jeff Hoffman for leveraging his privilege to to help change so many minds, to help show people how incredibly powerful it is to be humble, to be a certain servant leader, how many millions of dollars you can make when you care about people. And that if you really care about money, all you need to do is to start caring about people more. If you care about money, the way to more money is to genuinely start caring about people more. And at the end of the day, if you're not capable of that, it means you don't really care that much. (laughs) It means you care more about not having to be challenged than increasing your net profits by 6%. That is the current understanding that has been proven again and again, the increase from bringing in diverse Voices to senior leadership decision-making teams. All right, that ought to do it for this week. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you for spending your time with me today. I appreciate you listening and taking in all of the incredible conversations that I have the privilege of having with these remarkable guests. Please take a moment to share or rate and leave a comment. It really helps people understand what we're doing here. I hope this gives you some tools to be an active ally or help another be an active ally and a sponsor for those who are underrepresented so that we can make the pie bigger. This is not a zero sum game. And the purpose of this podcast is to Be the rising tide that lifts all ships. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.